0: The following program does not necessarily reflect the views of the staff or management of WFMD.
1: Once upon a time, Imran met Tammy. Tammy and Imran fell in love, raised a family, and decided to start an organization called Conquered by Love. Because they were conquered by love. Conquered by the love of Jesus Christ, and conquered by their love for one another, and conquered by their love for their children, and they decided to share that love so you can conquer the world with love yourselves. They have an organization called Conquered by Love Ministries online at conqueredbylove.org. Why did I open with such a soliloquy? Because today is the the last in a long line of shows where we have been making good use of the resources and books and things and ideas and and, uh, teaching tools that... Imran and his wife and, and their son, Daniel, have, uh, have uh, been putting use now for decades, I guess. Uh, and, and so I, I didn't count them, That this is probably show, I don't know, 15, 16-ish, something like that. I don't know, it's a long... I'll, I'll see if I can count them while well, one of you guys is talking during the show and see if I can figure it out. But anyway, uh, welcome to the Faith Debate. I'm Troy Skinner. I'm the pastor of a, of a church in the area called Household of Faith in Christ. And, uh, well, we're going to talk about the, the house church things here uh, before the show is over. So get more details about us. But if you want to get a sneak peek, go to householdoffaithinchrist.com. And uh, Imran Razvi is uh, is a pastor of a house church, and so is Steve Yerger. Uh, he's in the Southern part of Pennsylvania in Adams County, uh, Imran's in Frederick County. I'm in Frederick County and uh, David Forsey, the other voice you're going to hear today. Also the pastor with the house church in Frederick County. So I want to real quickly put a bow tie in some of the things we were talking about last week. And I do know from experience talking to some people, there are those who will listen to some of the faith debates because they're short. They're like, you know, 25 minutes or less per episode. Some people will listen to two or three or four shows kind of back to back. Uh, If we're doing an arc of shows, which is more normal. For us to do as many shows on a similar theme like we have now is pretty rare. Um, But typically we'll do, you know, two, three, four, five shows sometimes on kind of the same topic. And I know people will listen to all of those kind of back to back. uh, Listen at double speed and get through like five shows in an hour and boom, you know, they're they're off. So for you, it'll seem seamless. Uh, For the radio listener... Yeah. Well, we're picking up where we left off last week, so we'll see how good your, your memory is. We were talking about uh, homeschooling, the role of dads in homeschooling, the issues that families face in homeschooling. And I set up this I, this uh, this fictitious family, which might not be all that fictitious. It might be a real family that exists like this, a mom and a dad with three kids, um, you know, a third grader, a sixth grader, a ninth grader. And we talked about the third grader and the sixth grader and what those big pushbacks might be. I want to talk about the ninth grader. And then I also don't let me forget. I also want to talk about the family that has a third grader, sixth grader, ninth grader, ninth grader, and they don't have a mom and a dad. <laughs> There's just a mom or just a dad. I want to talk about that as well when it comes to homeschooling. So the ninth grader, you know, you got the the the, the young uh, you know buck or the uh, young lady who's uh, you know beginning to have, be, feel her womanhood and feeling like I, I can make my own decisions. Uh, you know, I'm going to be driving soon. I'm going to be getting a job soon. I don't need to to do this. I've been going to school my whole life. All of a sudden, can't go to school and and, and graduate with my friends. I've been going to school for all these years. There's a social dynamic at, at play there that isn't going to be the same for for the third grader, for example. Uh, and they might have aspirations of winning the state title on the high school football team, or or you know, getting a scholarship or something like that that they can get maybe through. The uh, the government run school system that they might not feel they can get through a homeschooling. What do you? What's the advice you offer as homeschooling dads to somebody there who says I'm, I'm intrigued, but I don't know if my son slash my daughter, you know, depending on the situation, if they're going to go for it. What do you say?
2: I'm I'm only about to have ninth graders for the first time ever this this fall. So, um, but uh, just considering the. That picture in principle, um, you know, I, I'd say it's it. It sounds like it is a, um, a a teachable moment as far as you know having a discussion with with your your children because it, it would be a big transition, you know, uh, and so to say, okay, you know, what, what, what do we value as a family? You know, what what ought we to value? You know, and I think with a ninth grader, you know, you're you're probably having, uh, I mean, if you're all of a sudden having conversations about the 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 culture and you know the the idols of this world, that's going to be difficult to do. But if that's been an ongoing thing,
1: and that might be a lot of people because a lot of people were kind of asleep at the wheel. The culture was slipping away from us, and now people were paying a whole lot of attention. And then 2020 happened. And all of a sudden, a lot of eyes got open, and a lot of people probably were like, well, maybe it'll go back to normal. And here we are two years later. Like, you know, it's not going back to normal. In fact, I think it might be getting worse. And so they might be having those conversations for the first time. And if, I use ninth it's, grade. It's that good, might be It's eas-
2: better to have them for the first time than, right. than never. And
1: ninth grade might be easier than 11th grade, right? Like, is there a point of no return? Like, you know what? They've only got a year or two left. Do we try to thread this? into a burning building for the next two years or for the next year or next six months it doesn't really matter right
3: so so the, i'm going to piggyback on what david was talking about i think um he was on the right track and, and he said that you've got to have that conversation but i think it really starts with family worship if that is leading family worship you're having a time of actually discussing uh, biblical values and biblical worldview and get an idea of what it is so you're laying the groundwork. And surprising your kids with, hey, next week we're pulling you out of school is not a good idea. It's going to cause rebellion and cause a lot of headache.
1: Hey, guess what, kids? <laughs> yeah.
3: So I think you start with the – with if you're not doing family worship, start there. Start with family worship. Get the biblical worldview. Get the biblical talk and time and, and just the relationship. Build the relationship with your children first. And then – Help them to come to their own idea. Say, look, this is what they're teaching in school. This is what we'd like, we've seen and and witnessed in homeschooling and what can be done and what, what you know, is better for you. And help them to come to that decision. Because if they come to that decision, then you're much more likely to have their mm-hmm. their buy-in as opposed to forcing them and having a fight
1: about it the whole time. And they might surprise you. I have a young man who was you know, part of our uh, church uh, gathering and high school student. And he got so uh, discouraged by what was going on in the schools and what he's being taught. And he felt his, his, his Christian worldview was being disrespected by the teachers pretty consistently. And he got frustrated and, uh, he pulled himself and he was a junior. He got, he got his parents assigned all the paperwork. He pulled himself and he homeschooled himself for the last two years, uh, to, to finish out what he needed to do. And, and, um, And is now done and he's going to be going off to like trade school or junior college or something. So, I mean, I guess if you've got an enterprising 16, 17, 18 year old, they might surprise you when you have this conversation with them. They might not. put, But if they do buck hard, I guess you just got to manage that as you would any difficult parenting situation and figure out what's best for you and your situation.
0: Right. I would like to piggyback on what Emron said. Uh, The home church or the foundation of the family unit to being able to have Christ as the center and the worship and the discussion of those worldviews, the biblical worldview, I think uh, is getting him on the same page of music to be able to say, okay, because then it will be apparent to the child that, yeah, if I'm going to walk in obedience, I can't no longer be in Babylon, so to speak.
1: Okay, so... if you have other thoughts on that particular question, you can feel free to chime them in at any point. But I want to transition to that other idea I threw out there. You know, we're talking about something that's closer to an idyllic situation, which is not the norm in America anymore. You've got a, a, a mom with no dad in the house, and she's she's making ends meet barely by uh, working two jobs or something. And you're going to say you're sending your kids into a burning building? <laughs> you got a homeschool. What do we tell her or, or a dad in a similar situation? It's more so, stereotypically the mom. but
3: So I want to address that, but first I want to come back to one thing that has been on my mind um, before. When we talk about homeschooling, you have to know the r- laws of where you are, the way you live, and know what the not only state laws are, what the county laws are. One of the first things is I would contact uh, homeschool legal defense. Phenomenal organization, yeah. And they will tell you exactly what you can and cannot do in your state, in your county, and they will come and defend you to the death. They're they're phenomenal, and they're very reasonable. Mm-hmm. Um, if you sign up, I don't know, we did a lifetime membership, but I think it's only like eight or ten bucks per month. It's not very much, but that's a good place to start. Know the rules because if you follow the rules, you're not going to get in trouble. And then with the, with the children, you know, again, you got to get them involved, and they got to be on the same page. So, but you got to get the, r- the rules, and then. When you want to address a single parent if you if you get to the point where you, where they know how to read you don't you need to guide them more than teach them and you have it there's enough resources and there's also as David's part of a, a group of uh, you know homeschoolers that get together different families that get together and, and have share resources there's lots of organizations like that all over the country all over the world that you can share responsibilities, but then you have much more control over it. But even then, as you had said, mentioned just a minute ago, a, a, you know, a junior pulled himself out and did the homeschooling himself the last two years. Yeah, they can do that. There's a lot of resources, and the parents, even if they're single mom or single dad, can bring the resources in, and the children can do themselves. They just have to check on them. Yes, it will take some time and effort, but our children are worth the time and effort.
2: And, and other families that value homeschool will will help we have you know our family has been involved in in the in other families in in the lives of other families that where there is a single parent trying to wanting to and you know making every effort to homeschool and and so there you know yeah there's there is help for for those who are are willing to ask
1: and it it's probably in that Last scenario that I painted—that's probably the scariest of the scenarios because you're overwhelmed. I, I can only imagine you're, you're feeling. Like I can barely do it now, and school becomes almost like childcare for you as well. Like it's you, you know the kids are you know where well you hope that you know where they are, and uh, they're hopefully being you know protected as, as, as best as you might be able to do otherwise in your mind anyway. And, and to, to surrender that to, to take it on can be a real burden, but it, it can. I think it can be done. It's really hard, and we've given a lot of information last week's show and this week's show, and you might be thinking, I'm not going to remember all this. Seriously, you can contact me, and I'm not the expert on the homeschooling stuff the way that these other guys are, but I can, uh, through my my contact information on my website, uh, is more easily accessible to you, and then I can funnel you to uh, David or Imran or if if Steve's open to it, you know, if he, if he wants, I can even, but I, I, I know David and Imran, I can, I can share, I can, you know, give them your phone number or something. They can call you and, and, and they can help you give you some real advice and coach you a little bit and get you started. Um, at least to give you a realistic picture so you can have all the information you need before you make a, a permanent decision to not do it. If you're thinking about it and you're afraid contact, me, go to householdoffaithinchrist.com, find my email address or my phone number, contact me, and uh, we can go from there. But one of
3: the things also is you're not an anomaly anymore. Twenty five, thirty, forty years ago, homeschooling was an anomaly. Now there's literally thousands of homeschoolers all over the world, and there's a lot of resources and a lot of support. So don't be afraid to take that step. It's there's, changed. There's probably thousands in Frederick County.
1: It's changed so much. When I was little, which feels like a different world because it's changed so much in recent years. Uh, I knew some people that were homeschooled way back then and they were weird. I got to say, I'm not saying all of them were that were homeschooled at the time, but all the ones that I knew, the families were weird. The kids were weird. They were weird. But uh, that was like in the seventies by the nineties. I knew uh, homeschooling families then too, different homeschooling families. And they might've been a little bit offbeat, little off the beaten path of what was passed for normal socialization and stuff. But they were pretty normal. Now, the homeschool kids that I meet, they're way, as a general rule, are way more well-adjusted and social and capable than the which, other kids.
2: Which is also not normal anymore. But
1: Right, yeah. They, be, they become <laughs> yep. abnormal in a positive sort of yep. a way. It's completely shifted. And the percentages, What I mean... I think I knew a couple of families in my entire childhood that weren't public educated. And now I know a whole bunch of kids that are are homeschooled. And the
0: percentage is, what is it, probably uh, close to 10% of kids are probably homeschooled now. It shows how the world has fallen and how much the light is light and the dark is dark. It is really
1: amazing. Yeah, So I guess what he's saying is all the homeschool kids are just as weird as they always were, but the rest of the world has fallen so far. (laughs) that the weird kids look normal now. (laughs) There might be some truth to that, I don't know. All right, uh, real uh, quick on this, because uh, we did a series of shows where not everybody in this panel was here. So this is kind of lightning round kind of stuff. Um, So the very first show we did on these topics marriage family related kind of topics uh, had to do with marriage relationship so in like you know elevator speech right 30 seconds or less kind of thing if you had to, like that master you know uh, uh, you know Yoda type of uh, advice for for marriage you're going to have a successful marriage if what David want to go first if
2: you seek the good of the other person
0: mm. what do you say Steve uh, love your neighbor as you love yourself. I mean, one of the direct commandments from the Lord. He's quoting scripture. I'm I put the
3: pressure on you. Choose to love it. Christ first loved us while yet we were sinners. Your spouse is a sinner and they will make you mad. Choose to love regardless.
1: Yeah. And those are all really good. And you, I, I you probably stole ones I would have used. I would add to that. Uh, you are not married today to the person you married and you're not going to be married tomorrow to the person you're married to today. We're constantly changing, and you've got to recognize that. You've got to recognize that you are changing, and you have frailties, and some of those changes aren't always for the good. You're going to make some bad choices, and you've got to be willing to be forgiving towards uh, the other person recognize your own frailties. All right, the second show that we did was about parenting, uh, training up kids and that sort of thing. So same kind of idea, quick, pithy kind of idea. You're going to be a successful parent if...
2: Uh, lead your children. Don't let, uh, let them lead their, their development.
0: Okay. Good one, David. Proverbs says, uh, train up the child in the way they should go. And when they're older, they won't depart from it. Steve continues, to put the pressure on him around by quoting
1: scripture.
3: <laughs> and, uh,
1: <laughs> meet their emotional needs as God meets our emotional needs.
3: So if you've taught them and met their emotional needs, life does become easier as a parent.
1: My advice here is similar to the marriage thing. Your kids are changing. Do not parent your 16 year old like they're an eight year old. You know, parent your eight year old like they're an eight year old, parent your nine year old like they're a nine year old. You have to adjust how you parent your child as they grow and develop and mature. This will greatly help you to help them. Uh, advance the way they should and avoid some of the rebellion you might get, uh, in the latter years of their time in your house. Uh, we talked about, uh, getting into connecting with your child, uh, getting to them at the, at the heart level, emotionally healthy children. What are, what's a good tip for helping your children to be emotionally healthy and stable? Dave is not quite ready yet. So uh, Imran, you want to go first or Steve want to go first?
3: That's, that's that's difficult what age sorry Go ahead. you get... <laughs> well we we have a book on uh, the five emotional needs of of everyone of children of parents and, and so forth so that's a good place to start is uh make sure that they are uh, that those needs are met they're wanted they're loved they're needed they're, they're um capable and uh that you, you know, you're doing all the things that christ does for us and so in that sense they will be much better adjusted, and uh, hopefully they'll have their relationship with Christ. The relationship is the biggest part. You go, when you ask a child, "Why did you do that?" Listen to the answer. Don't just be exasperated and have a have a rhetorical question, but actually listen to why did they do that.
1: All right, I'm going to rob you guys of a chance to answer on that one, so we can, uh, you know, for interest of time, the next uh, couple of shows we did were on adoption. Uh, the kinds of things to think about before you adopt, and then the kinds of things to deal with once you've adopted. Uh, Imran's got adopted kids. Um, David does not have adopted kids in his family that I know of.
2: No, we've, yeah, we've we've desired it and considered it and been close a few times. I think my thought, one of the things that I think is important is to uh, examine yourself and and uh, make sure that you're you're adopting not for selfish reasons not to fulfill your own desires but because mm, good advice you you
1: love the yeah. love the child yeah, that was actually a big theme in one of the shows that we did, right? Making sure you really are ready and you know what you're doing and why you're doing it. Um, talk about learning disabilities. Uh, the big, I'll, I'll, I'm going to jump in uh, and, and, and steal the mic for that one because uh, you know, I've got a, a soon-to-be 30-year-old uh, a special needs a young man in my house. And the one thing I'd like to really emphasize there is something I emphasized when we did that show is that they have special needs, but so do you. Their needs are not recognized as typical by the society and therefore they're labeled as special, but they're still image bearers of God. They are fully deserving of all the dignity that uh, you as an image bearer are, are uh, worth and you should love them as you love yourself. And what would you want if you had these sorts of challenges in your life? You, you, you treat them the way you would be treated, undertaking their situation into account. They're not lesser They're just less able in certain areas. But you know what? My son is more able in areas compared to me. I can tell you that. So uh, we talked about sibling relationships and like family unity. uh, Tips for making sure the family unit is cohesive and on the same page. All, All oars in the water pulling in the same direction. Who wants to talk about that?
3: If you guys don't, then i got to jump in because we can't have silence on the radio. You know, we're, we're paying <laughs> for this right, time, right? right? <laughs> um, sibling rivalry is, is one of our most popular topics when we talk. People always asking for sibling rivalry. And we are... Uh, built and and, uh, and made, uh, and God has made us to strive, uh, and we're supposed to be striving towards God and away from evil. So one of the things is, as parents we need to do is help them to adjust their striving from each other to striving against evil and uh, going in that one accord. So building that relationship, having kids, children work together, especially older and younger children, and having a uh, what we did is having a God given packing order. Whoever's older is in charge of whoever's in that space. And I know David and I have disagreed on that a little bit, but there is a an order of birth and you know, you can give up that responsibility if you're not taking it seriously and not doing it, then somebody else has to step in. But I think there are some things that you have to establish in order to have a smooth running relationship.
1: The next couple of shows we did had to do with household organization, keeping things uh, running on schedule, keeping the trains going. And uh, and then uh, healthy families, which uh, uh, we did real recently. So any any thoughts on keeping uh, keeping the house running well, keeping good systems? Any, any ideas of like, systems that have worked for you? No.
2: I think communications super important uh, and planning. You know, together, particularly as a as a husband and wife.
1: Yeah, communicating, playing to people's strengths, make sure you're on the same page with that, right? Yeah. Okay. Oh, Steve? And, nope. and also, Ron?
3: life is not like a house where you build it and it's completed. Life <laughs> is always breaking down. Laundry, for example, will always be there because you're always going to have dirty laundry. So you can't ever have something in your life that's finished and completed. It's always learning, always growing, always in a cycle. As I said, the system is to keep the things going.
1: And uh, the show on healthy living, we just did that earlier this month. Uh, the one thing I think needs to be said there is uh, sugar bad. Uh, so <laughs> corn are bad. And then homeschooling, of course, we did, which uh, we actually touched on already in this week's show. I might have miscounted, but I tried to count as I was going. I think we did uh, a baker's dozen. I think we did 13 shows on these issues, if I'm not counting this one, if I'm not mistaken. So real quickly, let's go around the room. Uh, Everybody's got uh, uh, home church setting situations, but we've got a couple minutes left in the show before we make like 90 seconds. So uh, I'm going to go in the order that I think everybody meets. I think the first person to meet every week is Imran. So...
3: We meet on the Sabbath. Sabbath is uh, Friday night, Friday evening. The evening and the morning is one the day. So we meet 1030 in the morning for brunch, and everybody's welcome. Text me and make sure I'm home and not uh, traveling somewhere on either missions or vacation. But 1030 we eat, and we just fellowship and worship together. But it's a day of rest.
1: Okay, so that's Saturday morning. And then, uh, Steve, I think yours
0: are yeah, next. Yeah, our, uh, our group meets Saturday afternoon at 3 o'clock. Uh, we gather Prepared, We have a certain amount of scripture that we uh, uh, go for, through beforehand, and then we have a time of study and discussion, and then we have a fellowship meal and a uh, time of worship, and we fellowship into the evening, and all are welcome. Uh, on the
1: on the timeline schedule, Household of Faith in Christ is next. We meet on Saturday evenings at 5.30, although uh, at least once a month we, we uh, meet at 4 o'clock. We start a little earlier uh, on occasion, but uh, typically 5.30, we're usually done. Every, the last person is usually out of the house by about like 9 o'clock-ish, so 5.30 to 9-ish. The official stuff is like from five thirty to seven thirty on Saturday nights, and then I guess you're the you're the slacker. You you wait till last. You do yours on
2: actually actually, actually we do ours first. It's the first day of the week, so we uh, we start off right. Uh, yeah, we meet at eleven o'clock, and uh, yeah, okay. you know it's the day Jesus rose from the dead. So it seems seems an appropriate day.
3: So, so you rest on the Sabbath and actually start the week uh, by worshiping on the Sunday. Exactly, awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: hey, little tit for tat going on there. A little inside baseball <laughs> for those who know what's going on, reading the subtext. I'm like, oh. Anyway, uh, that's all the time we have for now. We're actually running just a little bit over this week, so I apologize to the program director. You'll got, you'll figure this out. I know you will. I trust you. You're a good man. Till next week, the Faith Bay will return about 167 hours from right now. God bless.